Hi, my name is Rick Bloodworth. I want to welcome you to the Common Sense uh, Christian channel today. Uh, we're going to talk about finances, of all things, today. I think it's one of those areas that, that uh, everybody has some thought towards, but maybe we don't always talk about it as much as we should, or if we do talk about it, we're not always talking about it in light of our service to God. And so today I wanted to talk about it in just that light. I'd like to look at, at money first and foremost as an area of stewardship. In Proverbs 27, the writer through inspiration says this, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. <laughs> well, we might look at that particular passage now and think there's nothing that has less uh, application to my life than flocks and herds. But understand the time that these people were living in. It was about 3,000 years ago that this particular proverb was written, and that was a time that people, uh, most people, uh, raised livestock. Uh, it was part of what they did. And, and so they would often have a, a certain amount of sheep or a certain amount of goats. And that was, that was not only their food, uh, but it was also things that they could use to barter for other things that they might need or to sell and to buy other things that they might need. There's also their savings account. If you had extra sheep or extra goats, uh, you could take the best and, uh, and, and put them aside for, for breeding purposes so that you could uh, have the prospect of having more sheep and goats in the future. And, and so we look at, at their flocks and their herds as their finances, uh, their everyday, uh, that help meet their everyday needs, uh, as something that they could use as an investment uh, that they might be able to exchange for something else that they needed or wanted, and as a savings account to put a little something aside for the future. But no matter what they did with that particular flock, the first and the most important thing for each one was to set aside the very first and the very best for God. In the Old Testament, they tithe. Today, we're just commanded to give of our first fruits, to give in a cheerful way, uh, to give in keeping with our income, to give thoughtfully and purposefully, to give on the first day of every week. But we're not really given a percentage. They were. We just have to figure out, when we talk about our herds and flocks today, how we're going to handle them best for God. And it will begin when we talk about our finances, our herds and flocks, with our giving to God. Before uh, my wife Carolyn and I were even married, we sat down and we talked about what we'd like to do as far as our giving. We were both Christians. We were raised in a Christian family. And we realized that was going to be a, an important part uh, of our finances. And we wanted to take care of that first. And so we set a certain percentage aside in our minds. And then once we got married, in reality that we were going to give that minimum amount from whatever we made for the rest of our lives. And we've been fairly uh, constant in being able to do that. God's blessed us very richly, I believe, in part because we've always tried to give of our first fruits. Uh, there are times that we would have preferred to have given more, and we just couldn't. And then there have been other times where where God's allowed us to to have an abundance, and we've been able to uh, to give even more than, than we had planned. But whatever it is, however you look at your finances, start viewing them first and foremost as God's possessions. And always remember to give the first portion back to God. You get to determine the percentage in the Christian era. It's not like uh, the Old Testament era 
under the law of Moses where they had a specific percentage. Uh, but you can figure out what would be reasonable, what would be generous, and, and what you can do with the right attitude. So first and foremost, give of, of, of your first fruits to God. Now, as far as the world that we live in today, um, we're getting more and more challenges, aren't we? Uh, I just opened up our uh, a few of our bills at the first of this last month and was kind of shocked to see how high our utility bill had gotten. I got a bill from our from our uh, house insurance people, and they were going to raise our house insurance by over 30% in just one year. And, and uh, our real estate taxes last year, um, I guess probably the last three years during that time, they've doubled or more on our properties. And so uh, we see our bills going up. Every time you go to the grocery store, it's hard to believe what you have to pay just uh, to buy the, the bare necessities. And so we really do have um, struggles with our finances, and we can either bury our heads and just pretend like they don't exist, put everything on the card and push forward the problem to the next month, or we can start thinking um, very purposefully as far as how we will handle this particular area of stewardship for God. And so I wanted to give just a, a few basics uh, for you to consider. Again, it's not financial advice, but it is something uh, that maybe will help you consider. Uh, my background uh, for the first 13 years of, of my uh, life after I got out of college anyway was as a real estate appraiser. And so I very much had a, a business that I was concerned with that I had to make sure ran and, and ran right enough to, to where it would pay the bills. And then after that, I became a preacher in, in a small congregation in Happy, Texas. And I've done that for the last 28 years until I just recently retired in October of this last year. Uh, but both of these things have had an influence on the way that I look at money. In addition to that, uh, I went back to school and got a master's degree in finance and economics. That's always been uh, an interest in my life. And, and so a lot of the things that I have looked at through the years have been looked at through that particular lens of finance and economics. And so maybe my unique experiences uh, can help you in, in, in some small way. If so, um, maybe this will be beneficial for you today. When my wife and I, when Carolyn and I first got married, uh, we were on a very limited budget. I think we were making a little over $15,000 a year, which to us at the time, back in 1982, seemed like a lot of money. Uh, but we were shocked at how quickly all that money went out the door. As a matter of fact, before we had been married for a year, we'd already had to borrow just so that we could pay taxes. Um, uh, reality sets in pretty quick, doesn't it? When you get your own household, whether you're single or whether you're married and have kids, um, reality has a way of, of rearing its head when it comes to finances. And it, it did for us very quickly, so much so that it caused us to really step back and look at our finances in a way that perhaps we hadn't before. Uh, I actually set a budget and, and tried to figure out uh, how much money we had for each particular need that we had. And so so that particular budget served us very well for a number of years. Wasn't a pleasant thing, wasn't an easy thing. Nobody likes to live under the constraints of a budget, uh, but it's much simpler than living under the bondage of getting into too much debt because we didn't have the discipline to budget ourselves in the first place. And so I'd like to give you a few suggestions. Uh, for those of you just starting out, 
I guess my first suggestion would be to not take on any debt that you don't have to. Realize that we all have to live somewhere, and it's an important decision to decide whether we're going to start off by renting or, or whether we're going to actually buy a home. And so looking at all the expenses that are involved with each one will help us uh, to determine whether this is best uh, for, for the funds that we have available, um, what kind of vehicles that we'll drive is also very important. There is a tendency to want to buy something new because it's exciting. You have a new life, uh, you have a new career maybe, uh, and you want a new car, but that new car is not going to be new next month. And that new car smell is not going to be there in two months. Uh, but those new car payments are going to last for five, six, seven years. And by the time you get through paying them, you're going to feel like it's an anchor around your neck. And so consider very seriously before you go and make any vehicle purchase. Uh, my wife and I have bought a couple of new vehicles, and quite frankly, they were no better than the used vehicles that we bought. Uh, they certainly got us around, maybe with a few uh, less repairs and therefore a few less inconveniences, uh, but they never, our used cars never were the financial burden that our new cars were. And so that was an, a convenience or an inconvenience that needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, putting anything on a credit card is something that you really want to think about. Uh, there's no problem with, with putting money on a credit card that, that you know you're going to pay off each month. But there will be a month uh, that comes up pretty quick after you get your credit card where you can't pay off the balance. And then all of a sudden you're paying anywhere from 20 to 30% annually on that balance. And it just seems to creep a little bit higher and a little bit higher before uh, it's out of control. And so my suggestion for those of you who are starting out, who are not in over your head in debt yet, is to make sure that you never get in over your head in debt, at least not in unnecessary ways. And so get you a budget um, and start making proper arrangements. Uh, as far as savings, I always encourage people to take the first $1,000 or $2,000 of their savings uh, and, and put it into their pantry. And by that, I, I don't mean just buying a bunch of canned foods, but uh, by buying things that won't uh, expire, at least not very quickly or, or go bad. Um, uh, items for your bathroom, such as your toothbrush and your shampoo and your razors and soap and toilet paper, all those, those aren't going to go bad. And so you can buy and, and stock up uh, maybe a year's worth of supply in advance. One of the advantages to that is uh, the, the way prices are going up right now, the things you buy now will never be cheaper. And the things that are available now will never be more available in the future. So if you can if you can start stocking up your pantry, stock it up in the kitchen as well. There's all sorts of things uh, from spices to foil and plastic bags and trash bags and just on and on. Uh, and then you come to food items. It's very uh, cost effective just to buy a couple of 25 pound bags of, of beans and 25 pounds a bag uh, pound bags of rice just to have on hand in case you ever need it. Um, and then maybe get some canned goods as well. But always get things that you know that you're going to use, that you use already. Uh, you can you can go out to your garage and you'll see items like oil and oil filters and and just all sorts of different things for the car that, that you know you're going to need in the next year. And you can go ahead and buy and stock up in advance on that. Again, 
if I were if I were going to start over again, I would probably put the first thousand or two thousand dollars of any savings that I had into my pantry. Uh, along with that, I, I enjoy listening to Dave Ramsey, and Dave Ramsey has some fantastic advice on budgeting and on getting out of debt. Uh, but along with with my pantry savings, I would use his advice and get an emergency account. He recommends or has recommended for decades $1,000. $2,000 might be a little more like it today because prices have gone up so much. But just having something in savings, um, so in case there's an unexpected repair or or just something that, that you have an opportunity to purchase that you realize that you really will need, not just want, but will need, uh, just having that emergency account will really help. And if you can keep it more towards unexpected items that you have to have a medical bill or, or an auto repair or, or a new water heater or whatever it is, it'll just make your life that much easier. And then every time you use your emergency account, if before you do anything else, you'll fund that emergency account to where you always have that amount of money on hand, I think you're going to find it serves you well. If you do have debt, uh Get a good look of, of and an honest look at all the debt that you have. Look at your credit card debt and your student loan debts and your auto uh, payment um, or your auto debt and your house debt. And, and just, just get a good viewpoint of where you stand and how much money you have to pay each month for these things. Uh, once you've got a good emergency account, it's a great opportunity to now start paying down your debt because now if you do have an emergency come up, you're not going to have to put it on that credit card you've been trying to pay down. So, so I, would, I would start trying to pay down uh, any uh, debt that you have, such as credit card or auto loans or student loans, that you possibly can. And I would, I would probably go in that order. I'd probably do credit cards first, and then I would do my auto loan second, and then your student loans and, and your mortgage that you may have uh, third. One of the best methods that I think you can you can use for that is just to look at how much money you have left. Realistically, after your budget has shown you've taken care of every known item that you have on the budget, from from your heat and water and gas bill to your uh, to your gasoline bill for your automobiles to whatever other expenses you have, if you have excess money at the end of of that then just kind of separate it. I like to separate it into three accounts. And 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 these accounts are, are for first savings of just cash. Uh, the second is for an investment, uh, which is also a long-term saving if the investment is wise. And then the third is just put strictly into paying down your debts quickly. And by doing that, um, you continue to build an emergency fund uh, with your savings and also a fund for doing things like buying cars later on or, or buying some big ticket item that you might uh, come across that you might really be, be longing for. Instead of putting that vacation on the credit card, you might actually save for it in advance. Uh, your investments uh, can be anything from mutual funds to um, uh, to precious metals, to to real estate, to whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be anything big, but I would make it regular. Uh, when when my wife and I first got married, I started uh, just putting a little bit of money aside uh, to buy ounces of silver. Uh, and the reason I did that, I had heard years ago 
or, or one of the reasons I did that. This is one of the best um, reasons for it, maybe, is the best way to put that. Uh, I heard a long time ago a man talk about uh, he had, he had uh, used to could buy a gallon of gas for a silver quarter uh, back in the 50s and early 60s. But he said, if you take that same silver quarter today, it's worth probably, got probably four or five dollars worth of silver in it, and you can sell it for that uh, to, to, to a coin dealer. And then you can take that money and you can buy that same gallon of gas with that same silver quarter. And so I like the idea of putting silver aside because it's a savings account that while it can fluctuate, and it can fluctuate big at times, if you just put it aside over the years, it will steadily keep increase uh, with within the rate of inflation. I've heard people say that that in their experience it hasn't, but I've been doing it for 40 years, and I can tell you it's more than kept up with the rate of inflation, and I've been very satisfied with that. But whatever it is for your investment account, find something, whether it's a mutual fund, a good mutual fund uh, from somebody you trust or or um, uh, some real estate or whatever it is, just put a third of it towards that. Uh, and it may even be a savings account because you're going to buy a bigger investment and it requires more money at one time. And so so do that. So a third into to cash savings, that'll increase your emergency fund, a third into an investment, and then a third into paying down your bills, credit cards, uh, auto loans, uh, student debt, mortgages. With all of this said, before you do anything else, give your first fruits to God. Whatever your paycheck is, whatever extra income you have coming in, make sure that the first part of that goes to God. And, and just determine a percentage that, that you are able to give that, that will be something of a sacrifice to you, but also in keeping with your income so you're not putting... Uh, your your family in jeopardy or, or paying your bills in jeopardy. It's it's an understanding that God comes first and it helps us to keep our perspective that money really is just a tool to be used in our service to God. And as with all things, with all of our blessings, it comes from God in the first place. And so we're just giving a portion of that back. So do that first. Uh, get you a good budget. Um, have a good idea, a plan of where you're going to Put the excess, if, when you have excess, you won't always, um, get you a good pantry, get you a good emergency fund, and this will get you started. I'll have more on, on later videos like this, but, but uh, maybe the best way to, to um, end this is with an example from Christ himself. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, he asked the question, why do you worry about what you'll eat or drink or what you shall wear? And then he said to consider the birds of the air that God fed them. They didn't worry about these things. And, and, and then it, later on, he said, talking about all the physical things that we, we are concerned with, he said, the pagans run after such things, but your father knows that you need him. And so in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. And so if you and I will just use our money for God, but seek his kingdom first, um, our priorities will be right and our lives will begin to achieve the proper balance. It may very well be that you feel like your life is completely 
out of control, completely out of balance. And very likely a big part of that is because your finances have just gotten out of control. We'll talk about what happens when you get so much debt that you can't even take care of that. But, but for now, looking at it before you get to that point, you can take some very simple things and, and very simple uh, strategies and be able to live a life for God that's very pleasing to Him. Anyway, I appreciate your listening today. I hope all this helps. I hope that God, and I pray that God will bless you as you seek to attain the right balance between your spiritual life and the physical things that you must do in this physical world. God bless you. We'll see you next time.